it's Sunday morning and I am in a study with you on apostasy or false doctrine. The world is immersed in false doctrine. The Baptists are immersed in false doctrine. They're preaching accept Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible does not teach that. It teaches against that. What do you mean it teaches against it? The Bible says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, neither can he know them. They're spiritually discerned. Natural, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. You say, Jim, why do you put that on the board so much? That is the main doctrine of the world. Accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's one of the last things my father said to me before he died. He said, Jimmy, all that matters is a man accepts Christ as his personal Savior. If you believe that, then all you need is a Bible with a bunch of blank pages in it and with a an arrow pointing out of a, a marker in the middle of it and open it up and says, accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's not true. The Bible says it's not true. The Bible says the physical man, the man of the senses, the man that can taste, touch, he can smell, he can see, this man does not receive spiritual things. Receive, not received, but receive is the word decomai, D-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. I'm giving you the Greek word out of the original Greek text, and we have that in the interlinear Bible. Receive, decomai is the word receive. It comes from dek. Dek is the word ten in the Greek. A decade, everybody knows what a decade is. It's ten years. Ten years, and Decalogue, D-E-C-A-L-O-G-U-E, is comes from Dec and Logos. Logos is the word word, means the ten words or the ten commandments. Decomai. This frustrated me to no end when I was a little boy and my father would be preaching in his independent Baptist churches and he would beg people down the aisle to accept Christ. That word decomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. The Bible says dead men cannot accept anything spiritual. Will you accept Christ sometime in your life if you're one of God's elect? You'll accept him and the things he says after you are born again by faith. But you don't have any faith, so God has to put faith in your heart because none seeks after God. Nobody. And that's predestination. And then... the And then... The sinner's prayer is something my father preached constantly. Sinner's prayer for salvation. The Bible says there is no sinner's prayer. It says so. When you're dead in sin, how are you going to start praying to a God you don't believe in? I'm not going to pray to Zeus or Jupiter any moment because I don't believe they exist. The Bible says... 
Romans 10:13. I hope y'all get a hold of this. This is the Baptist preacher's favorite verse to get people to walk down the aisle and accept him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's true, but you won't call on him until after you start believing him. <laughs> Romans 10:14 says so. How did everybody miss it? How does all the Baptist preachers in America miss this? How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Belief is the method of salvation. Paul told the Philippian jailer, believe, but believe is a verb. In the Greek, you have a noun and a verb form of the noun. Verb. In this case, the word faith is the noun. Believe is the verb. Faith is the word P-I-S-T-I-S. Believe is the word P-I-S-T-E-U-O. Word endings are changed. This is the stem of the word P-I-S-T. Believe. Well, if believe is the verb, that's what you do. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. Boy, and I heard among those independent Baptists I was in, oh, faith or works has got nothing to do with it. You're ignorant. What do you mean? You mean you get to be a son of God and you can live the way you want? Works don't save you, but we are saved by a faith that works. Faith without works is dead. One of my favorite verses comes after Romans 2, 8, 9. My father and all of his independent... Are you out to get your father? My father didn't know what he was talking about. I had to grow up and study the Bible on my own to find out what it was about. My father and all of his friends would read the same four or five verses. And then they would shout and tell stories for 45 minutes. And I, I was frustrated at 17 years old in 1956. I was praying, God, there must be more. There has to be more than Daddy standing up there and quoting the same verses every time he gets up. There has to be more. And I heard Dr. Roy Kemp teach. He was a professor in a seminary. And man, I heard him spilling out information just as fast as he could go. I said, I have to learn that. That was 1956. It's 63 years later, and I realized that we know so little about the Bible. The preachers. And the bondman said in John 9:31, We know that God heareth not sinners. If any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. You've got to be worshiping God, doing the will of God before ever listen to your prayer. And you see these people on TV and somebody gets killed in one of these shootouts from some town where that some guy's going crazy and some senator will get on there or some mayor will say we're praying for them you ignoramus you are not because you don't know what prayer means prayer prosukomai means to bow to the will of God prayer P-R-O-S-E-U-C-H-O-M-A-I. It's a construction of pros. That's our word pro. It means for or toward. And UK. UK 
You say, Jim, you said that so many times. I hope you get this. I hope you're able to tell people this. UK means to will or desire. Prayer means to will oneself, desire oneself towards the will of another. It means to bow to the will of God, doesn't it? Did Jesus say or did he not say that we're to pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Well, if you start praying for that, you quit this, God, I need a job and I need a house and I need a car and I pray you'll give me one right now and I believe it and I'm going to get it. No, you're not. If you're a con man, you might get it. Now, we're talking about these guys that have conned people. That's the Baptist con right there. I heard that from all of them all of my life. And it's what's so funny is it slipped over into the Pentecostals and among all the other churches. And now everybody's talking about accept Christ and prayer sinners prayer. I don't believe that. I believe you have to believe God. And you have to be obedient to his word. I said my favorite verse about works. It's not Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Before ordained. Proetoimazo. P-R-O-E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O. It comes from two words, pro Pro meaning before and hatoimos. That word pro is our word pre. Pre, before, fitting us up in advance to walk in the good works of God, the agathos. That's the word good in that verse. It means beneficial works of God. I love this verse. Ephesians 2.10, I have never heard a Baptist preacher go ahead and quote that verse in my life. But they'll quote Ephesians 2.8.9, but never get to 10, Ephesians 2.10, with his workmanship. The Baptist I was raised around has got works messed up bad. I had to grow up, study the Bible for myself, study the Greek, study the Hebrew to find out my father. And I have to, if I don't agree with my father, don't think I'm going to agree with Billy Graham because I'm not because he preached accept Christ in sinner's prayer. He was messed up. I believe Billy Graham was a false teacher, but he sure did look good and he sure did sound good and he was real handsome when he was young. He said, will I get you in heaven? No. No, it will not. Now, I'm talking about, I've given you a paper last week. I don't know, does anybody have their paper left? I hope you do. Does somebody not have their paper left? Anybody need one of our papers? Anybody need one? Okay, there's Jenny back there. She needs one. And the lady that's with her. All right. Would you take these back to Jenny? On the back row, and does anybody else need one? Mike's a good Christian. Oh, Elizabeth needs one now. Elizabeth needs one. All right. I'm 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 giving the Baptist a hard time. 
I don't believe in them. I am teaching here what the Baptist church taught 150 years ago. They have literally fallen away from the truth. I teach predestination. That's what they taught. They were founded on it. The Southern Baptist Convention was founded on this. I'm really considered a renegade among preachers. I'm considered hard to get along with. I have confronted two big preachers in this town personally, in public, jumped their case and chewed them out for lying to their people. I said, you call those people to repent in your church. And one of them, I had this one incident, there was one, he just stood there, stiff neck, said, I said, you call them to repent. He said, I might do that. I thought, what? <laughs> those were his very words, I might do that. I knew him well. Now, I'm working on the Charismatics and the Pentecostals. They have got so many lies. We're living in a we're living in the apostasy. It's full force right now. At eighty years old, I can tell you what was going on in the forties. The forties was a fairly innocent time compared to what is going on today. It was there was no rock and roll. I remember living in Fort Worth and my mother going to the first washeteria I heard, I don't know if it's true, but the first washeteria was was organized in Fort Worth. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But she would go with my aunt up to this they called it a washeteria. You call it a laundromat today. And they had these ringer washers. And my aunt, my aunt Zelma and Mama would go and they'd be feeding these clothes to these ringers. And it'd take them half a day to go there and wash clothes. And it cost a dime to her, something like that, to wash your clothes. It was an innocent time. I know there were sinners back then. There were people getting killed in the streets, but not like today. And it's just the way where we've come to right now is unbelievable what is going on in the world. And what's going on in the churches, I am jumped for preaching too loud and being too enthusiastic. And you're just too hard and you're too loud on people. A lot of preachers preach like that back then. I am intense. I really love this word of God, and I will defend it to the death. I'm tired of the lies of the preachers. Now, the Pentecostals have tongues. There's no such thing as Pentecostal tongues. Boy, that makes people mad when I say that. There is no such thing as Pentecostal tongues. They have got faith healing. There is no such thing as faith healing. You know, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. <clears throat> they say you can be healed if you will believe God that you can be healed. It astounds me that you can, that you can, uh, if you're a Pentecostal, you can be healed at 30 when your faith is weak 
but when you get to be 85 or 90 you can't be healed anymore the reason is you're dying I'm dying that's what these wrinkles are that's what this gray hair is I am dying a little at a time and all the famous Pentecostals and charismatic that claim to be faith healers like Oral Roberts Kenneth Hagin Paul Crouch, who owned TBN, Jan Crouch, his purple-haired wife, they all died of either heart disease or pneumonia. Did you know that? They couldn't get Jesse DePlantis to come in and heal them or get Benny Hinn to come heal them. They were old at 79 and 84. I think Paul Crouch was about 83, 84. And Oral Roberts was in his 90s. Do you mean you can't be healed with faith when you're 90 something years old? No, you're dying. It's time to die. Am I frustrated with them? Yes. There's no such thing as faith healing. I'll go ahead and give you that. It's in your paper. When the, when the woman <clears throat> came to Jesus, she said, If I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She wasn't looking for a physical healing that word whole is the word sozo sozo they were looking for deliverance from the Roman Empire she said he is the savior and I'll be saved that word sozo is the word saved and Jesus said I perceive that virtue has gone out of me that is the word dunamis dunamis that's the word virtue. You have to look up the words because you've got virtue over here in Second Peter 1 and 5. Besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. And the first thing it names is virtue. And that is the word arete. So it's not this word dunamis, but it's this word over here in Mark 10. And he says, I perceive that dunamis, and that's the same as the gospel. I don't have time to go through all this. So she comes to Jesus, and she and he says, I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And he said to her, Thy faith has made thee whole. She is a woman with the issue of blood. Your faith has made you whole. Now go and be whole of thy plague. There's only one problem here. There's one problem. These are not the same word whole. They're two different words in the Greek. The first word, thy faith made you whole, is the word sozo. It's the word saved. Saved, sozo, means to be taken from one point all the way to another point and to be preserved through the entire deliverance. Saved doesn't mean something you got one night. You go to the store and get a loaf of bread and you get some bologna and maybe you'll get some saved. It's a package about this big. 
You don't get saved one night. It's the whole program. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. If you're drowning out in the ocean and a lifeguard swims out to you, you say, I'm saved, I'm saved. He says, not yet. Not till I get you to shore and I'm the mighty lifeguard and I'll get you there. Saved is the whole program. It's not, I got saved one night in a revival meeting and the preacher gave an invitation to him that was 25 verses long. That's not saved. Saved is the work that God is constantly doing in you, putting you through fire and trials, and he's going to perform it all the way to the day of Jesus Christ. So whenever the Bible says, your faith made you whole, that's what faith equals she's saved then he said go and be whole since i'm a living god and you can't come in contact with me go and be hugius looks like huggies but it's not hugius of thy plague that is physically cleansed but how in the world are preachers going to know this if they don't look at the greek text if they don't at least have a strong exhaustive concordance and look up both the words they're not going to know that are they i've never heard a preacher in my life and i've heard a thousand of them that knew the difference in these two words i've never heard anybody have you do you need to know the greek well why is it all mistranslated you can't translate greek into english properly we all need a it's not as hard as what you think you got a strong exhaustive concordance you get one of these at a at a christian bookstore i use that term loosely because most of them are not christian they got every piece of garbage there but it has every word in the bible listed alphabetically and if it's a new testament word you look in the Greek dictionary in the back, there'll be a number right beside the word. You look up that number in the Greek dictionary. And if if it's an Old Testament word you're looking at, you look up that word alphabetically. It'll give you every time it's mentioned. And what you do is you look up that number in the Hebrew dictionary in the back. Old Testament's written in Hebrew. New Testament's written in the Greek. That's where you start. This is a... This is the first book you need in learning to study the Bible. And you'll be able to look at the words originally. Now, so, there's no such thing as faith healing. It's ridiculous. It's a fairy tale that has been adopted by the church and people believing it. There's no such thing as tongues. You got two words in the Greek that have been translated tongue. And the reason it was translated tongue is because during King James period, King James didn't know what he believed. His mother was Mary, Queen of Scots. She was heir to the throne of Scotland, heir to the throne of England, and by marriage she was heir to the throne of France. She would have been the most powerful woman in the world if she'd have been able to put those thrones together, but she wasn't. And her, she was raised by Jesuits in Scotland. Of course, that's where John Knox was, the great reformer, 
was in Scotland. So she had this mixed up between reformers and Catholics, and she didn't know what she believed, and neither did her son, King James. He was just off and on. So whenever he commissioned the New Testament to be written, he got half Roman Catholics and half Protestants, particularly half Calvinists. Half Calvinists and half half Catholics, they had knocked down drag out for about six to seven years in the translating room. Compromises right and left in the King James Bible. Don't have time to go into that. Now, there's two words for tongue. Dialectos and glossa. These are the two words in the New Testament Greek text. That's it. Dialectos means, it comes from our word, it's our word, D-I-A-L-E-C-T. There was a different dialect in every city-state of the Greek common street language. The word common is the word koine, so they call that the koine. That's the word common. It is a form of the word koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Kononia is the word communion. It's the word partaker. And it is the word, it is related to the word common in Acts, the second chapter, where they had all things common. Could say more about that, but I won't. So, Koine means the common street language that they spoke in the streets. The Greek language, the Greek language in the Bible is not some fancy language. It's not a language for the elite. The elite language of the Greeks was called the Attic Greek. But very few people spoke the Attic Greek because it was for scholars and it was more difficult. This <clears throat> Koine dialect, that dialect of the Greek language was like a, like a dialect in America when you go up north and you go uh, upper New York or going to Maine. You can't hardly talk to those people because their English is so... To me, it's twisted, and they come down here, and they think we're twisted. It's, you talk to them, and you say, I'm going, what? What? I'm always saying that to people. I stopped, I stopped somewhere in Massachusetts, out in a country road somewhere, stopped at a service station. I was talking to a guy, and I said, ask him a question. He said, sorry, I think I'm back. So, uh, I said, what? And he was he was talking English to me, and I couldn't understand what he said. I said, thank you. I got in my van and took off. But uh, dialect, it's a dialect. That's why they said in Acts 2, they didn't say, how here we ever man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. They said, how here we ever man in our own dialect, wherein, the key word is wherein we were born. These were Jews from every nation under heaven. What were they doing from every nation? They had been scattered throughout all the world because during the time that they were a kingdom, they were a kingdom from from 
King Saul to King Zedekiah. And all that time, they were going after the sun and the tree gods. And that was Baal, Grove, Shemosh, Molech, Venus, Isis, Osiris. They went after hundreds of gods. That was the same system that was brought into the church by Constantine in 325 A.D. A.D. and renamed Christmas. It was Baal in the Grove and all those gods. It was the sun god and the tree goddess. Because of this, they were scattered all over the world. God says, I will scatter you. He did that. But he also gave them three festivals that all the males, three festivals that all the males had to come back. The males had to come back to these three feasts. They had to come back to Passover. That's in the month Nisan. Nisan is our month, March, April. They had to come back to Pentecost. That's 50 days after Passover. And that was, uh, that was called Pentecost. It was a festival of first fruits. And then they had to come back to the Feast of Ingathering. The same thing. Ingathering is what it's called, but sometimes it will be the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles or the Feast of Huts. They're all the same thing. And during that seventh month, seventh month, during the seventh month, <clears throat> you had the, also along with this feast, you had the, the, the Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur is what they would call it. Yom is the word day, Kafaroth, or kafar is the word atonement. So that was the day of atonement on the tenth day of the seventh month. Well, the Jews have those laws just because they were scattered didn't mean if they were devout, they had to come back to Jerusalem. Now, let me switch over there. I'll switch over to that particular. This is out of the compendia magnificent set of books if you can get the first two volumes that'll be great alright where is that gosh I got a lot of stuff on here don't I here it is this is a picture of the Jews coming back from all over the world all those errors are pointing to Jerusalem so they've been scattered all over the world. They were scattered by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. They were scattered by the Babylonians. That was northern Israel, the ten northern tribes. And the southern Judah was scattered in 586 B.C. 586, that was 140-something years later, that southern Judah, which is the two southern tribes, comprised of Judah and Benjamin. And I got a lot of story on that. I don't have time to go into it. So since they were scattered, 
They have been in captivity at least 600 years when Acts 2 at Pentecost comes about in 33 A.D. So they're Jews from every nation under heaven speaking all these different... They adapt to the countries where they are when they're scattered. If they're up here in Italy, they're speaking some ancient uh, glossa, which means foreign language, of the Rome. If they're over here in Carthage, they're speaking some... Whatever their language was, some dialect of that... And when they get back to Jerusalem, they said, How hear we ever man in our own dialect wherein we were born? And that's the truth. Have you ever heard any Pentecostal address this? Have you ever heard any Baptist address this? They don't know enough about the history of Israel to deal with it. They don't know anything about it. And glossary, we get our word glossary from it, means foreign language do I believe why is it I don't believe in Pentecostal tongues because it doesn't match the scripture that's a bunch of jibber jabber they're doing in those churches they make those things up it's made up am I upset at those preachers absolutely they're a bunch of lazy bums. You think they'd have any any feeling of being responsible to the congregation they stand in front of and they don't know nothing about the Bible, the Word of God, the Greek text. They don't know anything. Do they have access to these books? I didn't go to a seminary. I didn't go take Greek from somewhere. I started with the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance years ago. And I have learned these words. I use Mr. Mounts, Mr. Mounts and Mr. Wallace's books on basics of biblical Greek and advanced biblical Greek. You can learn it yourself if you want to. You can start with a concordance and you can at least learn the definition of the words. They're not what the preachers in the pulpits are preaching. Absolutely not. Either I'm lying or Kenneth Copeland's lying. One of the two. It, both of us can't be telling the truth. He's not talking about the Jesus of the Bible. He's talking about a Jesus, and it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Or T.D. Jakes or Fred Price. or Those guys are lying. Even Charles Stanley has got a mushy gospel. He doesn't talk about death to self, daily cross, self-denial, suffering for Christ's sake. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Are you going through tribulation? That's where you have to go in order to be a follower of Christ. <clears throat> I can go through this all day long. Even when they were, when the Bible says there in Acts 2, they all spoke with other tongues other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you've heard them read that, haven't you? Other tongues is the word heteroglossa. That is, it's one word in the Greek, heteroglossa. Hetero means other. What is a heterosexual? Other sex.
Heteroglossa means other foreign languages. And what's this word utterance? It is the word apo, P-H, T-H-E-G-G-O-M-A-I. Apophathengomai. It means to set off. Clear speaking. It means to speak so clearly as to be easily understood. The word apophathengomai is the exact same word. In verse 14 of Acts 2, it's the same word as Peter lifted up his voice and said. He didn't say, Just a silly, silly made-up words. He said, Ye men of Judea. He spoke out. He was easily understood. Does that upset me that preachers are preaching this garbage in these churches? They're absolutely preaching garbage. It's trash. The Charismatics and the Pentecostals are preaching something that is a mess. It has nothing to do with God. I believe Pentecostals and Charismatics are one of the worst things that happened in the world here at the end of time. I believe they have got the church on a on an apostate downhill track. Apostasis. Apostasis is the word falling away. The day of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first. I know what I'm preaching is very unpopular. We've had this ministry for 30 years here. 30 years. And we got 30, 40, sometimes 50 people on Sunday morning. We have six or eight on Wednesday night. But we are getting response from the TV all over the country and from the Internet. A few here, a few over yonder. It'll only be few that understand the truth. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. Only a few. There's no such thing as preaching what I'm preaching and having a mega church, a real large church. Not going to happen. Because most of the people will get mad and leave. I know what I sound real uh, real pagan or alien to what's going on in the churches. What I'm telling is the truth. I am sick, sick of the preachers in America. All these Baptists and Pentecostals and Charismatics and Episcopal and, and Catholics. and I don't hear anybody talking any truth. I am so completely convinced of this, I'm ready to die for it. Are you? Somebody would say, we will kill you, Jim Brown. i say, aim straight. I'll put a bullseye right up here. Aim straight. I don't want to be crippled for the rest of my life. I'm anxious to go be with the Lord. I really am. Now, utterance. It's also one other time mentioned when Paul stood in front of Felix, he said, he said, uh, Felix said, Paul, much learning doth make thee mad. You're crazy. You're out of your mind, Paul. 
And Felix was a governor. That's when Paul was being taken captive by the Romans, given to Felix. And Paul said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth. Speak forth is the word apophathengomai. That's in the 26th chapter of Acts. They tried to kill Paul. They chased him all over the country. I am tired of the preachers in America. I am ready to give my life for it. They are not. They're giving their life for their money and their things and their stuff. And that's why they preach what they're preaching. So they can make people feel good. Now, I'm talking about these people. I hope you can see these were Jews from every nation under heaven speaking all these dialects. Speak Now, I want to get back to the paper I've given you. Here's some more false doctrine of the Pentecostals and Charismatics. Go over there to the page where you've got, I'm going to cover everything I can that they're preaching on, and it's false and it's wrong. Go back over to the page where it says right at the top, the fig tree. It's the second page, the fig tree. I went through the calling things that be not as though they were. Calling things that be not as though they were, as in Romans 4.17. Abraham, where God quickened the dead and called things that be not as though they were. Calling something that was not, something that was not, was dead. And I went through many verses in the Old Testament where the... where. Joseph's family thought he was dead, so they'd say, Joseph was not. He was dead. Calling something that be not is resurrection of the dead. In fact, in, right after he says, he quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. Quicken, Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. That's the word quicken. Quicken means to make poeo zoo alive. You go to a zoo to see living animals. To make alive. God makes alive whomsoever he will. That's what the Bible tells us. Now, we're talking about the fig tree. This is another one of the false doctrines. The fig tree the story of the fig tree is not false. The way they interpret it is twisting the word of God. And they don't have any idea what it's about. Let's read here about the fig tree. Mark 11. The part of Mark 11 that they twist is down in verse 23 where Jesus said, If you'll say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. A mountain, you can look up Mount, M-O-U-N-T, in your McClinican Strong, and it'll tell you a mount or a mountain was a capital city of an empire. Capital city. And that has everything to do with this. 
Now let's read here. And on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Jesus is God in the flesh. He's not stupid. He knew that it was fig season on the fig trees because, and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves. Having leaves is everything. Having leaves. Now, if you don't go to some extra biblical information, what am I put leave? Having leaves, leaves. If you go into McLennan Strong and you look up fruit trees and look up fig trees, they will tell you that the fig trees in Israel in the first century, the leaves came on the trees after the pre-season figs. After the pre-season figs. So having leaves, if the tree was not barren, if it's not barren, then there should have been some pre-season figs on it. And let's keep reading. But the time of figs was not yet... Boy, that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? Time of figs. Looking under fruit trees in McClendon and Strong, it will tell you time of figs does not mean the time for the tree to be bearing figs. Time of figs meant fig harvest they had not been harvested yet it was it was leaf season and there should have been some figs on the tree it should have been and Jesus curses the tree and boy he gets catches what for from Peter let's keep on reading no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to the Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple. Began to cast out them that sold. And bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of money changers. Boy, i got a lot to say about that. <laughs> Don't have time to stop. And the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? I'm reading from a King James Bible. My house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. The money changers were the Pharisees. They demanded that you exchange your Greek money, which was the standard of money across the empire you had to exchange your money for hebrew money and when they did that they were giving them maybe 60 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the dollar they had to have money changers nothing wrong with buying and selling doves in the temple or sheep in the temple they had to have them because they're at one of these festivals but what they were doing, they were stealing from these people by giving them less money in the Hebrew because the guys who ran the temple were Pharisees and scribes. 
And the scribes and chiefs heard it and sought how they might destroy Jesus, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. And the next morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, Peter always had his foot in his mouth. You know that, don't you? He had the cleanest leg in town. Insert foot in mouth. Always. And he's putting his foot in his mouth right here. And Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree you cursed is dead. Do you not know it's against the law to kill fruit trees, Jesus? Behold is the word E-I-D-E. E-Day. It's a cry of exclamation. Don't you know it's wrong to kill fruit trees? He had in mind, let's go ahead and continue reading. And Master, behold the fig tree that thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God, I'm God. I know how old the fig tree was. He knew how old all the trees were, since he was God. If a fig tree was five years old or older, not bearing figs, You had to lay the axe to the root of the tree and cut it down. But it was against the law as long as it was bearing fruit to kill a fig tree. That's all Peter had in mind. What he had in mind was Deuteronomy 20, 19 through 20, which we've got as the next verse. Let's finish reading this. Have faith in God. I'm God. I know how old the fig tree was. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, what's he talking about? He's talking about Peter arguing with him. He wouldn't have said the word, Behold, the fig tree that you killed, you cursed, is dead. And a mountain being a capital city of an empire, we're going to get into this later in this. Let me go ahead and finish reading this. Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is charismatic. Take this and twist it all to pieces. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you will not forgive, neither will your Father forgive which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, what Peter had in mind when he said, don't you know it's against the law to kill fruit trees? He had the next verse that we got there. Deuteronomy 20, 19 and 20. It's against the law to kill a fruit tree. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time and making war against it, to take it thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them, for thou mayest eat of them. See, he puts into the second sentence what they are. They're fruit trees. Thou may eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down, for the tree of the field is man's life. They said the fig tree was 
the very substance of man's life. You don't kill it. You don't kill it. You don't kill your enemy's fig trees, and you don't kill your fig trees. Not for any reason. To employ them in a siege, fig trees would go big back then. You cannot cut them down to use them as a battering ram or anything else to burn down the, the gates of some city. Only the trees that thou knowest that be not trees for meat. Thou shalt destroy and cut them down, and thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that maketh war with thee until it be subdued. Then, Peter evidently had forgotten Leviticus 19.23, the next verse. He was thinking it was against the law to kill fruit trees, and how could Jesus know how old the fig tree was? He was God. That's how he knew how old it was. Verse, chapter 19, verse 23. When you shall come into the land and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised three years, and it be uncircumcised unto you. It shall not be eaten of. You couldn't eat of it. And the fourth year, the next verse says, the, tr the figs belong to God. You couldn't eat till the fifth year. And if by the fifth year it wasn't bearing fruit, you had to cut it down. You see, Jesus knew something about that tree that the apostles didn't know, particularly Peter. He had the, uh, he had the habit of putting his foot in his mouth. Then look at Luke 13, 6 through 9. This is back to the New Testament. He spake unto them this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on the fig tree, and find none, and cut it to the ground, why come it to the ground? And the man keeping the vineyard said, answering him, said, Lord, let it alone till the fourth year. Also, till I dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit, and if not, then after that, cut it down. In the fifth year, if it has no fruit, cut it down then. That's what this argument was about. It wasn't about you can have what you say. That's that positive confession stuff. Back up. Look In Matthew 3 and 10, John the Baptist is baptizing on the Jordan River proselytes is what he's doing I don't have time to go into that and baptizing proselytes and he equates the Pharisees as fig trees with leaves and no fruit and now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire Israel was called a fig tree. If you're not bearing fruit, cut them down. In our lives, what are the fruit of the Spirit? What is the fruit? Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. There's fruit of the Spirit. If you're not bearing fruit somewhere in your life, you're supposed to be cut down. Now look at a mountain over here. Jeremiah 50. If you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed. The charismatics say, well, a mountain is a mountain of debt. 
No, it's not. It's a capital city. They'll say it's a problem about no job. No, it's not. It's a capital city of an empire. They'll say it's a problems in their life. No, it's not. What do you mean it's a capital city? Babylon was the mother. Revelation 17 and 5. Babylon was the mother of harlots. Mother of harlots, the word harlot is the word P-O-R-N-E-I-A. We got our word porn from that. Pornography, we think of that as looking at naked men and women. Porn means idolatry. Idolatry is the Greek word E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. That's the Greek word idolatry. It is a construction of ido and latruo. Latrua means to serve. Ido means to see. It means to serve what you put into your eyes and ears. Ecclesiastes 1 8 says, The eyes not filled with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The mouth won't simply utter it and say, I like her, I like that car, I like that house. The body will labor to fulfill what you put into your eyes and your ears. Has anybody been an idolater here besides me? Covetousness is idolatry, Paul said. A covetous man is an idolater. Covetousness is the word P-L-E-O-N-E-K-T-E-S. Penectes means to want more. Any devious way you can get it, however you can get it, I want more. I am not content with the things that I have. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever things I have, therewith to be content. When he said that in Philippians 4.11, he said, I've learned to be, he was in a prison at the end of his life waiting to be beheaded. You might have to get to the end of your life before you learn to be content. Content is the word A-U-T-A-R-K-E-S. case is a construction of auto which is our word auto, which is the word self, and archaeo, A-R-K-E-O, which means to ward off or push away. Push away self. I, he said, I have learned. I've gotten down to the end of life and I've learned to push self away, push my covetousness away. Has anybody wanted more? Uh, oops. Is everybody dropping their head going, hold me? <laughs> then you've been an idolater. You've been an idol worshiper. You know what the idol is that you worship? That person in the mirror that you shave every morning. I'm, you women don't shave, but, well, maybe you shave your legs. <laughs> That it's a, that person you're looking at in the mirror is your idol. Boy, that's pretty hard, isn't it?
Have we all been idol worshippers? Yeah, we have. There's no temptation taken you but such as is common to man i'm a man i've admitted at 80 years old i have admitted what's the evil that's in my heart god has shown me that a long time ago and if i if i have had it in my heart i know what's in your heart i know what's in your heart because it's common to all men i'm not trying to put anybody down i'd have to put down the entire human race wouldn't i we just need to repent now Look here at Jeremiah 50 on the top of that page. Jeremiah 50 and 51. I didn't finish this over here. Babylon mothered all idolatry and she was founded on self and we have to learn to push away self in Genesis 11 and 4 when they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And here's the doctrine that all idolatry in the world is founded on. Here it is right here. They said, we will build a city and a tower and let us make us a name. That is what is... That is the failings of all the world. Let us make us a... The word is Shem. It means authority. Let us make up our own authority. And that's where all the sun worship started, was at Babylon. All the evil doctrines of the world come out of Babylon. They come out of... We'll make up our own authority, our own doctrine. And they had a virgin birth in the ancient world they had a, a trinity trinity they even had a born had a born again you see they had a born again in the ancient world which had to believe in hercules which was nothing but nimrod the founder of babylon they had all the same things in that i said earlier you can believe in Jesus. It could be the wrong Jesus. You can be the the wrong Jesus. The Bible says in Second Corinthians eleven and four, Paul said there's some preachers coming to Corinth. They're preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel that I have not preached. That's what these preachers are preaching when they don't know what any of these words mean when they preach on these tongues, when they preach faith healing, the stupidest thing they preach, dumbest thing in the world, slain in the spirit. You've seen them do that, haven't you? Benny Hinn goes whack and somebody falls down while he's on the floor and he whacks somebody else and he th swings his coat out at the congregation and they all fall down. They're programmed to fall down. If they're going to cooperate with Benny, with Benny Hinn. Don't watch that movie. Huh? Yeah. I'll tell you the guy that got it down. There was a movie called Leap of Faith and we watched it the other night. And they, he nailed this with Steve Martin. I thought he was going to be a funny man, but he wasn't. He did a 
unbelievable acting, putting on Benny Hinn on the screen. He was unbelievable. He was whacking people. They were not falling down. He's healing people. He was dancing across the floor like those guys do. It's a con. It's what it is. You're being conned if you believe in the Pentecostal charismatic. God has given us all these special gifts. He hasn't given the only gifts he's given. They they use the they use the John ten that Jesus said, "I am the door of the sheepfold." He's taught that's the parable of the good shepherd and the sheep, and they'll use that verse that says. He came to have, we might have life, and that we have, might have it more abundantly. Well, if you have an abundant life in John 10, you're a sheep. So you're going to have more hay. You're going to have a big, a big place to be protected by a shepherd. This is not talking about, abundant life is not talking about diamond rings and Cadillacs and cars. It's talking about spiritual things. If it's literal, then, you, then you're a sheep. And Jesus is a literal shepherd, and he needs to give you hay regularly on a basis. It's, it's crazy the way they apply these things. Now let's look back here. So, mother of harlots, she was founded on self. Self is the problem with everybody. That's why people don't want to take hold of this. They like self too much. If you're in love with yourself, you're supposed to esteem others better than yourself. You're supposed to be looking out for the poor, the downtrodden. If you have, if you have the ability, you have a lot of get up and go or self start. You're not. God didn't give you that self start that ability to feed yourself. He gave it to you so you can help the downtrodden and the lowly. Now let's keep reading. This is what God says to Babylon. There in the middle of that first paragraph. Therefore shall your young man fall in the streets and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day. Chapter 51 of Jeremiah tells you about the destruction of Babylon in the ancient world. That's when the Medes and Persians came in and slaughtered them and took them to the ground. Behold, I am against thee, O thou most proud. Let us make us a name is the pride of Babylon. In fact, when you read about the wine of Babylon that all the world has made drunk with this elixir. Her elixir is self. Let us make us a name. I'll tell you what, that verse there has convicted me more than any verse in the Bible because I spent years trying to make myself a name. Has anybody else done that? Well, you don't want to be somebody special. First of all, if you're the elect of God, that means to favor, elect, neglect us. If you're predestinated by God, you're already special in His eyes. You don't have to be special in the world. These people think you're supposed to be famous. You're not supposed to be famous as a believer. You're supposed to be infamous. Bless you to ye when men shall reproach you. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. It means to be infamous. You're supposed to be as a believer saying so much truth uh, like Jim Brown 
that you become infamous. I'm infamous in Hendersonville. I'm infamous where people see me. I get more bad email than I get good. People chewing me out and giving me a hard time. Now, look here. And most proud shall stumble and fall. So she's called proud because she says, Self, let us make us a name. And none shall raise him up, but I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it shall devour all round about him. Look at the next verse. Jeremiah 51, 25-26. Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, Babylon. If you'll say to this mountain, when you make yourself a name, like Peter did, when he said, Behold, don't you know that it's against the law to kill fruit trees, Jesus? He had made himself a name, and Jesus said, If you'll say to this mountain of Babylon that possesses you, Be removed and be thou cast into the sea. We know it's Babylon, because every time Babylon went down, she went into the sea. When you read that 18th chapter of Revelation, she goes into the sea. When you read the 51st chapter of Jeremiah, Babylon sinks into the Euphrates Sea, the river. When the swine run down the hill, they run into the sea. I don't have time to explain all that right now, but I can explain in detail if you'll sit here for about six more hours. Now, Let's read here this. Behold, I am against the old destroying mountain, saith the Lord, which destroys all the earth. How do they destroy the earth? With their, with their doctrine. Let us make us a name. That's how they destroy the earth. I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks and make thee a burnt mountain. We see Babylon burning down there in Revelation 8 and 8 when the second angel sounds. There's seven angels with seven trumpets. When the second angel sounds and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. That's Babylon. That's self. Man's problem is himself. And you know, it's awful hard for people to recognize that because we live in a nation. It's got self on all the billboards. It's got self in the movies. It's got self in the commercials on TV. It's all about self, isn't it? You need and you deserve an easier way to punch these buttons and you won't have to go out and drive down the road. You can just punch a button and have what you want. It's all about self, isn't it? Look back at Revelation 18, 9 and 10. I teach on the entire chapter of Revelation 18. It's about Babylon is fallen, is fallen. She fell once over here. She's going to fall at the end of time. And I believe we're close to that falling. Revelation 18, 9 through 10. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, that word deliciously is strainos. It means in a strain. Is it a strain to try to get a hold of the world? 
<laughs> it was for me. I tried to get a hold of the music business. I tried to get a hold of real estate. And it just about killed me. I'm not going to strain over anything anymore. That's the most insane thing I have ever done in my life. Straining trying to be rich, straining trying to be famous when I'm not even supposed to be famous. You can't be a big be a big star without being famous, can you? How can famous stars be reproached and be infamous? They can't be. You think Dolly Parton is a good Christian? Because her father, grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher? I saw her on TV in an interview one time about 20 years ago. She said, I've got $100 million and that's not enough. Dolly Parton said that. I thought, what? That's not enough. That was right about time she's building that Dolly Land over there, whatever you call it. Woody City. Dollywood. No, over there. Twitty City. <laughs> Not Twitty City. Over in, <laughs> over in East Tennessee. Dollywood. Yeah, Dollyland. <laughs> I'm against the old destroying mountains, saith the Lord. So when he says, if you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed, Peter, he's talking about you got your own name, your own. You're trying to tell me that I shouldn't have killed that fig tree. That's what it's saying. He said, if you'll say to this mountain of Babylon that's in you and stop making yourself a name, you can receive whatsoever you sayeth. Sayeth is the word lego. It's the verb form of logos. You have to say the word of God. What you have to do to get what you say, it's not like the Pentecostals and Charismatics say, if you say it with your mouth, you'll bring it to pass. That is the stupidest doctrine. That means you can go down here in a poor part of town and tell some poor little person, all you got to do is start saying it with your mouth. I get a new car, I get a new car, I get a new Cadillac, I get a new town car, uh, I'm going to have a nice house. They say if you'll say that over and over, that it'll eventually come about in your life. You, can, you, you mean you can take some little poor person that doesn't have any business acumen of any kind. That means abilities. They don't. They can't put anything together and just tell them to repeat something over and over, and it'll happen in their life. Let me tell you what God said to Kenneth Copeland and those people. He told Moses in the twenty-second chapter of Exodus, "You tell Israel if they oppress the widow and the orphan, and they cry unto me." I will hear their cry, and I will kill you with the sword. You think that's not an indictment against Copeland and company? And T.D. Jakes and all those guys that lie about the Bible? God's going to kill them and put them in hell. I don't believe those people are Christians. Christians take their cross and die daily. Don't they? They don't just feed themselves. That's it's not a lie. If you got to look out just for you and you're not trying to reach out for others, something's wrong with your Christian life. Either one of two things. Either you are an unbeliever or you're a baby believer. You can't stay that way the rest of your life. You've got to reach out for the world. Reach out for people, especially believers that are in a hurt.
Now let's keep reading. How much time do I have, Mike? 17. Oh, me. I'm not going to get... I'm going to keep on this charismatic. i got so many things to bring out about this. i got to go to Proverbs, the 18th chapter. i got to go to... i got to go to Romans, the 10th chapter, about the word of faith and tell you what it actually is. It's not what they're saying. i got to go to... Uh, the tenth chapter. The, gosh, I can't think of all of them. I got all these doctrines of the Charismatics and Pentecostals. I believe they are the most dangerous thing to the church in the 21st century than anything out there because they pretend to be talking for the Lord and they're lying to get money. You just—I've told you all this. Go online and look up Kenneth Copeland's house. Look up T.D. Jake's house. Look up Jesse Duplantis' house. Jesse Duplantis built a 25,000 square foot house outside of New Orleans. You know how big 25,000 square feet is? It's the side of a small shopping center. When you look up Kenneth Copeland's house, he's got an 18,000 square foot house with thousands of acres and thousands of cattle, and he stole it all from the poor. I don't. I, if I get that kind of money, I'm going to put it in TV and and tell on their lies. Those people are lying. What people hate for somebody to use the word lie. What else would you call it? A fabrication. A fabrication is called a lie. They're lying for money, and they're hurting the whole world. They're hurting the world because they're telling people a doctrine that's not true. Now, look down here in James 1, 2 through 6. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And the trying of our faith is much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire. That's in First Peter 1 and 7. But let patience have her perfect work. It's saying, when the fire comes in your life, perfect is the word teleos. It means mature. Don't pray the fire will go away. Let patience have its work. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, mature, grown up, and entire, needing nothing. If any of you lack wisdom to go through this fire, let him ask of God, that word ask, I tell oh, is conditional. And this is talking about getting through the fire. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That word waver is the word diacrino. It's the same word when Jesus said, if you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed, the mountain of self, be thou removed and will not doubt in your heart. That word waver is the same word as doubt. It means to discriminate. Discriminate is where you become the judge. It's the same word as stagger. 
in Romans 4, 18. When, God's, when the Bible says that God quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. The Bible says, Abraham considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. God says, you're going to have a son, and here you are. You're going to be 100 years old when he's born, and you don't have any more sperm, any more seed, and Sarah doesn't ovulate anymore. It ceased to be with her after the manner of women, but she's going to have a baby at 90. And you call his name Isaac. And Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Stagger and unbelief for the same word. Therefore, apistis, A-P-I-S-T-I-S. Abraham did not have unbelief. Apistis, no faith. He didn't have that. He had faith. He had pistis. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So wherever you find diacrino, which is stagger, and it's the word doubt over in, in that verse in Romans, in uh, Mark eleven twenty-three, if you'll say to this mountain of self, be removed, you'll quit arguing with me, Peter. Peter out of Tennessee, he wanted to call Jesus. Then every time he turned around, Jesus said, I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to be crucified and resurrected the third day. Peter said, not so, Lord. That ain't going to happen to you. <laughs> it's, why have you got your foot in your mouth, Peter? Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan, he called Peter Satan, but he wasn't calling him the devil. Satanos in the Greek is the word Satan. It means adversary. Get behind me, adversary. Peter, you're trying to tell me what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. I'm telling you I'm God. Say to this mountain. He, Peter seemed to employ the mountain of Babylon all the time, didn't he? Have you ever done that? God, you can't do this in my life. He says, I'm God. I can do anything I want to. So waver, there in James, the first chapter. Doubt, Mark 11, 23. Stagger, in Romans 4 and 18. They're all the same word, and they have to do with unbelief. If you say to this mountain, Peter, the, mount, the Babylonian mountain that's in your life, and you've made yourself a name, you're trying to argue with me. E-day? What do you mean, E-day? I thought Jesus, if I was Jesus, that's what I said to him. What do you mean, E-day? <laughs> Behold. <laughs> Peter, he had a hard time getting his mind right. Reminds me of Kool and Luke. You got my mind right. He had a hard time getting his head on straight. He was arguing with Paul when Paul in Galatians, the second chapter, he was arguing with Paul when Paul came. Uh, he saw Peter and some coming. Uh, he, he, Paul and some Jews were coming to Peter. And Peter saw him coming, and he had been eating with the Gentiles, and 
And he pulled away from the Gentiles. He said, I don't want you to let me see me eating with Gentiles. Paul's message was to the Gentiles. And the Bible says that Paul had to jump Peter's case. It didn't say that, but it, he had to chew him out because he was being anupocrites. He was dissimulating. A-N-U-P-O K-R-I-T-E-S He dissimulated. Dissimulate comes from Hippocrates and the Alpha Primitive. He said, you can't, you can't be dissimulating. Being a hypocrite, you have to have no dissimulation. And he was dissimulating. Dissimulate is the same basic word as hypocrite. He was being a hypocrite. Peter's always getting himself. That's why it's not surprising that in Mark 9.23, he was trying to fight Jesus. You killed a fig tree. Don't you know any better, Jesus? No, I'm only God. I've never heard anybody know about this, not unless you go into one of these books and find out what fruit trees are, what time of figs is, what leaf season means. I challenge some of you that got the McClinic and Strong, look up fruit trees and read it. It's not that I'm so smart. I read more than the average man. And I don't remember everything I read, but I remember a lot of stuff I read. And if you read, you won't believe what's in these books. Answers is in the books. Do I have any time, Mike? Eight. Eight. All right. Now, I need to get into increasing faith. When you get into Luke 17, 5 through 6, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, the Charismatics and Pentecostals say, if you have faith, you can do anything. You can say, I want, in fact, that uh, Andrew, whatever his name is, I can't Andrew something. Anyway. Uh, Womack. Womack. He says, take your wallet out and talk to your wallet. <laughs> take it out and talk to it and say, money be in my wallet. <laughs> he, is an, he is an imbecile, an, an ignoramus. He says, all you have to do is talk to your wallet. If you have a, if you have a, a hurting in your side, say, okay, uh, hurting, go away. And all you have to do is talk to it and it'll go away. And they call that, in a sense, a word of knowledge. Pat Robertson does that all the time. He says, we want to have a word of knowledge and they bow their heads. And he says, there is... Somewhere in this neighborhood, somebody's got a pain. Knowledge is the word gnosis. It means something that is exact, something not somewhere in the vicinity of your heart or maybe your liver, your spleen, or something. That's not a word of knowledge. The guy is a. Pat Robertson is stupid. 
Let me show you where the word of knowledge is. Go to 1 Corinthians. I'll get to this. I'm going to get to the faith as a grain of mustard seed next week. Look over here in 1 Corinthians 12. They don't even bother to look. You're on a tear, aren't you, Jim? Yeah, I'm tired of the false teachers. I'm sick of them. My father was a false teacher. If I'm not going to cut him slack, I'm certainly not going to cut him for Pat Robertson. Twelfth chapter, First Corinthians, verse six. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all things in all men. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man in the church to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit, and what is the Spirit? Truth. Truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. That's what the Bible says. John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, John fifteen, twenty six, John sixteen, thirteen, first John five and six. The Spirit is the truth. Means to take the cover off. Truth. Aletheia. A L E T H E I A. Comes from Lanthano means to lie hid. To lie hid. The alpha primitive in front of that, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, negates that it means not to hide anything. That's the truth. So he says, For one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and another the word, the word of knowledge. And Pat Robertson called that dropping his head down and say somebody out there has got and you're going to receive this and somebody calls in and said I received that miracle I heard you talk about now where does the Bible say receiving this it doesn't say it besides that word of knowledge by the same spirit it's a word of knowledge by the truth it has to be taken the cover off it's not somewhere you got a pain over here I don't like Pat Robertson. He lies. Just so many things he lies about. I I don't like these preachers who call themselves preachers and stand in the pulpit and don't tell people the truth. I know I'm blunt, but I think the Bible says, seeing we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Plainness, parhesia, means to be blunt, to the point, don't beat around the bush, say it like it is. Parhesia. In Second Corinthians 3 and 12. Be blunt. If you're blunt, there's no mistaking what you mean. My doctor, my, my cardiologist said one day to me, he said, well, you ain't never going to go in politics, are you? Not as straight as you are with people. I said, never. I don't believe in politicians. I don't believe in Democrats or Republicans. They give you these two guys, which ain't enough difference in them. One looks like a king cobra. The other looks like a black mamba. And they tell you to sleep with one of them. And the truth is on the other side of the universe. It's not whoever told America 
that it's going to be one of these candidates that got the truth. Where you come up with that? That's like Adolf Hitler and Mussolini. Which one has got the truth? Well, I don't think either one of them does. I don't believe in those people. If they want to take their cross and die daily and tell the truth without apology. But that ain't going to happen because they ain't going to get elected, are they? you got to be popular. Anybody who gets to be president is popular, aren't they? With the majority of the people, right? Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. When you're popular enough to get elected, I'll put it real blunt, you're a liar. You ain't going to tell people the real truth. I never saw a president or a senator to get up and say, I don't know what the answer to this is. Well, with all these difficult questions, that ought, they ought to be saying that a lot. They should be saying, we don't know what the answer is. We'll do our best to come up with a remedy rather than, I got the remedy. Well, you're a Democrat. You could have to be wrong. I'm a Republican. I got the remedy. Well, you're a Republican. I'm a Democrat. That has to be wrong. I never saw a Democrat ever come up or a Republican come up and say, well, the other side said this and that's right. I never saw that. Have you? And so if you're a Democrat, you've got to be wrong if you're a Republican. If you're a Republican, you've got to be wrong if you're a Democrat. It's stupid. Do I think any one of those people has the answers? No. I'm going to come back next week and get into the faith thing faith is a grain of mustard seed we're going to talk about that next week I'm going to go into all these false doctrines of the charismatics and the and the Pentecostals they you can tell they're lying their lips are moving they're out for money let's pray Father thank you for truth God help us to continue this work. Lord, I am ready to give my life for, the, for this, for these words. Help us to do your will, fight our battles for us, and we'll praise you for everything. In Christ's name, amen. Well, that's it for today. Brother Dave, how you doing? Pretty good. Hey, I was going to ask you, it's cool if you can't do it. The 15th is Tuesday, and I'm going to be out of town. I was wondering if you pay me today. I don't, I, let me, I don't, think. Yeah, wait a minute, I do have it. No, wait, I do have it. I've got it today. Judy's sick. Yeah, I was wondering what happened. Yeah, she's sick, so I got to, I'm going to go out. Yeah, I've, I've got it right here. I appreciate it. I, did, I forgot I had. Well, I might see you tomorrow, but I might not. Because i got to work tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I'm glad you asked me. Because I've been chasing you. And i like to have you right here, Andy. There you go. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, i got, I got to give you another hundred. That's cool. You know, no, wait a minute. I want to give you another. I think i got it right here. Walking on my wall. <laughs>
Hey, Jenny. 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 y'all doing? Y'all looking for some gum? Here, I got some gum right here. How you feeling, Papa? You want some gum? Sure, I'll take some gum from you. All right. Here you go. Here you go. Here. I got gum galore. Yeah, you give me a jacket? I want a jacket. Here you go. No. There you go. Give me a hug. I love you. Give me a hug. I love you. I love you guys. I didn't get to watch it. Yeah. You're doing pretty good for an old guy. Pretty good. You didn't have, a, you didn't have people over for the fight uh, Saturday, did you? Nah. nah. I'm getting where they, it's kind of, some of the fights are boring. Hey, Davion.